0: Go ahead and open your fridge. If you're like 90% of Americans, you've got milk. No other product on the market has the same level of mass acceptance. Yet there hasn't been a ton of innovation in the milk category. My guests today are here to change that. Welcome to the Venture Fuel podcast. I'm your host, Fred Schonenberg, and I'm talking with John Talbot and Bob Carroll. John is the CEO and Bob is the head of business development for the California Milk Advisory Board. If you haven't heard of CMAB, You've certainly seen their award-winning ads, from real California cheese to happy cows. CMAB is one of the largest agricultural marketing boards in the United States, and their job is to increase consumption of California dairy products. We launched the Real California Milk Accelerator with them in 2019 and are thrilled to announce their second program, the Real California Milk Snack Accelerator, which is going to be focused on dairy snacks uh, and is actually launching today. In this conversation, we're going to talk about innovating within an established category, the new competition, and the power of new thinking to spark growth. I hope you enjoy. Bob and John, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Fred. It's great to be here. It's great to have both of you. John, can you start off by explaining what an instrumentality of the state of California is. Uh, basically, what, what, what is the CMAB? Uh,
1: probably one of the most unfortunate words in the English language. Um, well, you mentioned we are a marketing board um, and under the jurisdiction of the California Department of Food and Ag. Um, and how that works is that every dairy producer, every milk producer, has to provide 10 cents for every 100 pounds of milk that they produce into a promotional fund. And so we get that 10 cents and the state of California watches to make sure we don't do anything bad with that money. So that's the instrumentality part. But real fundamentally, there are two buckets of activities that we engage in first on the marketing communication side of things we get involved in consumer research advertising public relations social media all of that kind of thing and then on the business development side of the house we get involved in the obvious retail food service e-commerce promotions trade shows and even now um more and more so on the international side of things, looking at export markets. So that's, that's basically CMAB in a nutshell.
0: It's funny, I, I didn't know any of this until we, we randomly sat across from each other uh, at, a, at an early Saturday morning breakfast uh, and, and at the ANA conference back in, in 2018. Um, and I, I remember leaving, I felt like I, I learned more about dairy than I ever knew. Um, but, but we also talked about some of the challenges the industry was facing. So perhaps could you share a little bit about where dairy is today? Sure. Well, first of
1: all, dairy is a $60 billion category at retail. So, uh, quite a significant part of grocery store sales. Um, but you know, if you ask people about dairy, the first thing that usually comes to mind is fluid milk and typically people think okay well fluid milk is declining and yes in fact it has been declining pretty consistently for the last 30 or 40 years and there's a whole lot of reasons for that but the good news which i'd rather focus on is the fact that the rest of the dairy category is growing pretty significantly If you look over that time frame cheese obviously has grown tremendously due in large part to the you know, success and popularity of pizza. Other things like butter. Butter is back. Butter is all of a sudden taking a a lot of volume away from margarine. Um, Yogurt's gone through a huge growth cycle. So you think about dairy as a whole, and it's actually still growing on a per capita consumption basis. So um, there's a lot there. Now, most recently with the whole COVID-19 situation, we've had some interesting challenges, uh, not the least of which was the closing of all the restaurants in the country, country. And restaurants and retail usually provided a fairly even split from a volume standpoint, about 50-50. Well, once the restaurants closed, all of that Product demand got filtered through the retail channel and everything went haywire. And we had all kinds of problems with uh, getting inventory into stores and out of stocks and everything else. But, you know, fortunately, most of that has worked itself out now. And we're, um, you know, looking forward to getting back to a normal split, um, hopefully soon between the restaurants and the supermarkets.
0: Well, I'll never forget, you know, after that breakfast, uh, you know, we re-looped a couple, a couple of weeks later and, and we started noodle with this idea of, you know, could we combine two of California's great natural resources, right? The, the entrepreneurial spirit, which is sort of the world I live in of startups and Silicon Valley, uh, and the, and the high quality sustainable dairy products, uh, which is your world. Um, I, I want to know, like, John, at that point, where did you see, uh, this all going?
1: You know, again, it's, we've got a, a great category here, great products, but there has not been a whole lot of innovation. Um, and it's the rest of the industry is taking advantage of that in many cases. So when you and I sat down and all of a sudden, you know, the ideas started spinning about
2: somehow
1: tapping into that tremendous you know, entrepreneurial spirit here in California. Um, It was just a natural, and and you and I had several conversations after that first meeting, and then lo and behold, uh, one morning, uh, Bob walked into my office, and he was all excited. He had just been to a dairy farmer meeting the night before, and um, he had this great idea, and all of a sudden, these two things kind of met, Bob has uh, Bob is uh, probably best to tell that that story.
2: Yeah, thanks, John. Sometimes the timing of things just aligns perfectly. And you had given me Fred's business card, and I had never heard of Venture Fuel, but uh, I, you know, a few days pro- after that, I actually presented to a group of dairy farmers, and one in particular, Luciana Yankman, called me the next day with just fired up and passionate about the opportunity for growth and innovation in fluid milk in particular. And she said, Bob, why don't we do something kind of like a shark tank where we bring in entrepreneurs and, and people who, um, you know, could think differently and, and maybe not be constrained by capital of, that large companies have and everything else. And uh, the, the timing couldn't have been better because I was able to call Fred. And, and really, that's how this whole idea was born.
0: Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, you and I obviously worked very closely uh, with the the Real California Milk Accelerator, which was sort of our first product innovation competition that we did last year. Um, would you mind kind of just summarizing that um, for, for people that don't know about it, as well as maybe give a little background on what it meant to the dairy community? Sure.
2: Yeah, so John had mentioned earlier, but fluid milk has been declining, pre-COVID anyway. it had been declining – on a per capita basis in the US since 1975. So, you know, a very large category, not a lot of no growth and and very little innovation. And, you know, we really saw that, um, this sort of contest as a way to infuse life and infuse energy and, and spirit that entrepreneurs bring to the table into the category. And so, you know, when I first, when we first started this, our first couple of conversations, you probably remember, I, my biggest fear was that we wouldn't have enough qualified applicants to, right. to be able to hold the contest. And, and lo and behold, we had dozens of people apply with really good ideas. And that first stage of judging became really difficult. But in the end, I think that the results that, that the contest brought to the category, to, to our dairy farmers, was, was exactly what we hoped for. An inspiration. A lot of energy. The dairy farmers who attended the final pitch event, where the nine semifinalists presented, were absolutely uh, encouraged and super, super excited about the potential for for the future. Really, many of them said it was the most exciting dairy event that they had ever attended in their lives. These are multi generational family farmers, and so today, you know, we have. A winner who's about ready to launch in the next month or so, Bears Nutrition. They're launching into a test market, and then of our nine semifinalists, eight of them today are still pursuing their ideas. We're still in contact with them, helping them, and and I honestly believe we're going to have multiple ideas come to market from this. But beyond that, it's the inspiration that it brought to the processors and to the entire community. You know, we brought the semifinalists out to California. And they had a chance to meet and tour very, very large milk processing companies and the the benefit was mutual, both were very, very engaged and excited about the the future
0: I, I thought it was so interesting uh, was was there was just a, a real energy you could feel uh, at the finals but but that was going on all throughout this process of uh, even the applications when we all sat and looked at it you know and we, and we were getting applications from from Russia. Uh, from Seattle, um, from the East Coast, uh, and across all different, you know, every imaginable type of category you could think of that that tied into the fluid milk. Um, and what I'm really excited about is uh, we're we're just announcing uh, today the the return of the the, the product competition, uh, but with the launch of the Real California Milk Snack Accelerator, um, which. I'm going to turn to John here to ask why snacking, but there's over $450,000 worth of pricing. Uh, and it's the same type of concept of how can we push, push the category uh, of dairy forward, but now turning from fluid milk over to snacking. So John, why, why snacking?
1: Well, snacking has been growing for quite some time. Um, and if you look at the change in our culture over the last even decade or so, People are on the go. They're eating on the run, and they're not getting a full meal. Um, and a lot of people are saying they they would even prefer to eat a snack as opposed to a full meal. Now, COVID's changed that quite a bit uh, in terms of the on-the-go bit, but nonetheless, people are continuing to eat smaller meals in between meals whenever it seems to uh, suit their fancy. So Um, snacking, really the idea of it in terms of eating small amounts of food at at any variety of times during the day is what it's all about. And the nice thing is that dairy fits in very well with snacking, uh, particularly healthy snacking. So when you think about milk or cheese or yogurt-based products, there's all kinds of opportunities there to provide snack type, uh, uh, eating occasions.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. When we first started talking about this, we were talking about the on the go consumer. Uh, and I find myself snacking more now than I did before because my refrigerator is so close, uh, (laughs) and it's upstairs and, you know, my wife and son are around. So we're all sort of, you know, we're, we're making it work and, and you're, you're often running from zoom call to zoom call. Um, so I think there's almost more of an opportunity um and, and you can control what you're snacking. Um, but what I love about this is is what a wide canvas uh it can be. I mean, you mentioned yogurt and cheese, but they're you know, ice cream, and then as we saw with the first competition, founders are gonna come come up with things we've never thought about, uh, uh which is which is the most exciting exciting thing for us. Um, and, then, and Bob, I'm curious, what what's different? about this year's competition versus the, the first milk accelerator, Um, you know, what, what type of companies are you, are you hoping to discover? You know, you,
2: you hit on one of the key points really is that by talking, but when you think of the dairy categories, they, they really almost all could fit into snacking in some way or another. And this really broadens the competition a lot. It, It brings, um, certainly a lot more potential applicants, larger applicant pool to the table. And, you know, one of the areas that we're really excited about is, uh, is Hispanic snacking as well, Latin inspired snacks. You know, California is really the home and, and the epicenter of Hispanic cheeses and cheese making. And it's, uh, it's an area that I think there's a lot of opportunity. Um, but, you know, just in general, I, I think that, it, it is such a great fit because dairy has not only great taste, great nutritional value, uh, but it's also great value in general. And, and I think, you know, as, as consumers are looking for options for snacking now, all of those things are important and probably more important than ever. So it's just, it, it really is a great fit. And, and back to your original kind of concept of bringing the entrepreneurial spirit of California together with California, the largest dairy state in the country, it, you know, the sky's the limit. I think I'm like you most excited to see the ideas that I would have never dreamed of.
0: I think I'm actually most excited to taste uh, what comes out of this. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting hungry with the, our, our conversation, but um, Bob, I'll stay with you. Like, what did you, what did you learn from uh, this, this innovation journey? Uh, so if you went back to, to, to your previous uh, career, maybe a craft, um, what about innovation? Did you learn from this, and and would you invest in this type of, of program moving forward?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you kind of comparing and contrasting, you know, companies like Kraft, large companies, you know, they're they're super connected with the consumer, great market insights, and incredible resources, great people, great teams. Um, but they're also just the nature of a large company; things are going to move more slowly. And and I think that. A lot of times that sort of environment of a large company, you know, over time, processes are put into place that can almost slow down innovation. It's, you know, a mistake is made and a new process is, is engaged. Whereas with this competition, these entrepreneurs are laser focused on their idea. They don't have multiple layers of, of approvals and they don't have, you know, multiple attorneys and, and everyone else to get through to get an idea to market. And and they are, in a lot of cases, you know, waiting for the product to get to market until they start getting paid.
0: So that's yeah, also a good motivator. Absolutely, uh, John. What what about you? You know, what did you learn from this process? And if you're back in in your Pepsi days, uh, how how might this sort of innovation mindset or startup competition have helped helped you grow the business? Well,
1: first of all, as, as you know, Fred, it's it's often a, a matter of numbers you just got to keep trying a lot of different things and then eventually something sticks but even a big company which and again pepsi was a fairly small marketing department um we didn't have the people to go out after you know 20 30 different ideas um we would pick a few and try and develop those but again the 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 odds are against you, you know, when it might be one in 10 that actually makes it, you need to be looking at 10 or more ideas at the same time. And so this kind of a a program enables you to get exposed fairly quickly and inexpensively with a lot of different ideas. And then you, you pick the ones, as Bob said, you know, and we had a hard time narrowing down to the finalists last year, but they were all great ideas. So we felt, you know, really good about that, and again, it would have been much harder to go through that same process at a big company. So again, the ideas are out there; we just have to find a way to tap into them.
0: Yeah, I thought it was it was really interesting that we we ended up adding a spot uh, to last year because there were so many good applications that we had to had to we couldn't narrow it down even further, uh, and then. There, there was some tension there at the finals uh figuring out who was the winner i mean there there were three that we were we were all really tight on uh which which was a good problem to have and really exciting and fred you sort of solved that problem by uh by just saying at the end why don't we just add a slot <laughs> yeah yeah definitely on the the semifinals. I was like we could just include them in uh let them keep fighting for it uh but yeah it, it, was, it was such a fun process and i'm so excited to to jump in it to this year and i think the snacking category is going to just open up a whole world of, of opportunities. Well, Bob and John, thank you so much for joining us today. really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you, Fred. really enjoyed it. To learn more about the competition or to submit your ideas, visit our website, VentureFuel.net, backslash accelerator spelled S-N-A-C-K-C-E-L, E-R-A-T-O-R. We're looking for early stage snacks predominantly made with dairy.